you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. El Huddle is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Imaginate, tú y yo. Baila conmigo, MJ is just in my head. On my <laughs> son's so baseball random. team. On my son's <laughs> baseball team, they all have uh, walk-up songs. And this one particular teammate of his has that song. And so... That's phenomenal. About to come up, it's like... Doo, 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 and it comes on. Uh, so good. Yeah, it's so good. So it's been I in support my head. This. Um, We hope that you support El Huddle for you that are listening to us right now. This is El Huddle. We'll solve alongside mi prima, mi hermana, mi prima hermana, MJ Acosta Ruiz. And I have to say, a lot of people talk to me about the NFL, but recently a lot of people are hitting me up about the World Cup. I mean, even teachers at my kid's school are actively watching while school is happening and informing our kids <laughs> what the it's, scores are. There are very important lessons to be drawn from the world. Yes. Cup, so I think this is a great uh, life lesson too. also very hard to put together um, a TV show like we do on Total Access while not only is the World Cup happening, but USA is playing, which was the case earlier mm-hmm. this week for us. Um, we were trying our best to get this rundown together to have our 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 TA meeting. And everybody was just distracted. Couldn't you blame us? I mean, it was yeah. such a huge victory, uh, a moment of reverence for Team USA, the U.S. men's national team. It was awesome. Everybody was left locked in over at um, the NFL studios and the offices here in Inglewood. It was a really cool moment, honestly, because for most of us, game days are work days, right? So we're while we're yeah. enjoying the game, everybody's sort of in their own silo doing everything. But all of us collectively were at work, but we got to sort of lean in as fans as well uh, of this of this other sport. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was kind of fun to see that and to see everybody really lock in. And you could hear like cheers, like we were in our meeting room and all of a sudden we hear, and it was when Pulisic got the goal and we're like, oh my God, okay. So everybody got that? D-Blocks looks good? Great, let's get out there and like try and watch (laughs) the rest of the game a little bit. So don't tell our bosses, although I guess they'll know now that we were sort of um, multitasking is what it's called. Honestly, it was quite efficient. It's well. <laughs> it's been real cool to see some of the big stars really show up and show mm-hmm. out on the world's biggest stage. Ronaldo, yeah. Messi, Lewandowski, and mm-hmm. this looks like it'll be the final time that we see these players in a World Cup setting. So for me, I've been excited. It also brings back memories of Andres Cantor and growing Ooh. up listening to him yes. my parents loving him and i do think he's that voice. he's influenced a whole generation of broadcasters in spanish no that's carried over into the nfl whenever mm-hmm. we play any of those spanish calls people go nuts people my go favorite. crazy and you love that enthusiasm and i feel like andres cantor like he was the one that started it he was the chris berman the for all uh sports broadcasters who want to get into the business and i think he's totally the goat yeah yeah for sure he's still winning emmys by the way sports emmys to this day just like surprise right not 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 shocking at all just wrapping them up it's the way um it was such a beautiful moment when team usa won but then total heartbreak for el tri and all my mexico fans man i my heart hurt we were we were all collectively just watching it with bated breath and and you know, this the second um that Saudi Arabia hit the other goal, we were like, well, that's it. We were trying to do World Cup math, which as you know, similar to our uh NFL playoff math, like, okay, what is mm-hmm. the scenario? Who has to lose? Yeah, what does Except that, mean? that we don't have goal differentials or aggregate scores or anything like that. <laughs> so I was like, Y'all tell me when the scenario is not looking good. But you yeah. knew instantly you could see the crowd. Um, it was so funny because earlier this year I got I got to participate in this is the the second year I've done it. We took a little break for the pandemic. 
was a game recognized game. So our inter NFL international crew. Oh, you posted on this, IG, right? Yes. And it's yeah, all yeah. on the NFL YouTube as well, um, where we take international soccer or football stars um, and put them up against NFL players to do sort of inter-sport challenges. So I did one with Serginio Dest, who is part of not only Barcelona, um, but also Team USA. So it was cool to see him. Ah, I, I was so looking jealous. back at videos. I just reposted it. So we did one with um, Serginio and uh, Tua and, and uh. Jalen Waddle. It was such a cool moment. And they geek out um, over each other's sport all the time. So I, I love to see that part of it, but it's very, very much a respect thing apt for the title uh game recognized game so we love to see it more world cup to be done usa mm -hmm. plays again Pulisic says he's going to be fine very excited to watch this i got my kit ready you know it's going to be great well and it sounds like you can have kids so that's an important thing as well <laughs> My God. That's really uh, <laughs> you know what really really quick you mentioned Jalen Waddle. There was a player for the french team that was doing the the waddle Yes, I saw that. France By the game, way, so. hold on. I glazed over the biggest part that there is an Acosta on Team USA. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Come on, I thought you already knew that. I thought you were dialed in. I know, Kellen Acosta. Love it. My cousin, probably not. But um, I yeah, bet you, you there's something everybody. in the lineage there, midfielder. So I'm going to look into that, check our ancestry. Like, what's up, primo? <laughs> you know, my toxic trait. I think everybody is my cousin, but here we are. <laughs> you know who else we have to check or what we have to check? The headlines. Breaking news. Noticieros just in. Este breve. Oh, week 13. Bring us a juicy rematch of last I year's mean. AFC Championship game between the Chiefs and the Bengals, MJ. And wide receiver Jamar Chase saying the reason he missed the last four mm. games is because of a hairline hip fracture. Ouch. Uh, says, that doesn't sound great. No, but he says he doesn't feel any pain and he plans to play. Joe Mixon appears to be on track to play. So mm. what are your thoughts of this matchup? Oh, man. The Bengals just posted to not so cryptic. It was definitely uh, calling their shot. Uh, they said the last time we wore orange, dot, 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 to finish the sentence, the last time they wore those orange uniforms, they beat the Kansas City Chiefs in mm -hmm. that aforementioned game. So they're, I mean, the fact that they have two of their biggest playmakers back in the roster on, on, to start again for this week is huge. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I just think the way that the Chiefs have been playing, the way that Patrick Mahomes has been able to spread the ball around, find different guys, um, I, I think there's a lot to be said about that. Um this is this is going to be a tight one. I think this is one of those that's going to come down, if not to the final seconds, maybe even into a little OT like we've seen it go before. Yes, please. And there's just no way. that This is the one to circle, right? This is one of those matchups to circle for the weekend. If you can only pick a handful of games, um, make sure that this is one of them. I think that Patrick Mahomes is going to come out motivated as well. 0-2 uh, against Burrow. Objectively, mm, Burrow played him just by pure stats alone. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I do think, though, his patience is going to be tested because the last time these two teams faced each other, the Bengals dropped eight back. Mm. So I bet we're going to see a lot of Patrick Mahomes scrambles. Uh, the way that the Bengals adjust at halftime and we've seen it over yep. the last few games has been terrific the way that they adjusted on offense has also been terrific they've been a little bit more run oriented with Samaj uh, P. Ryan, and then mm -hmm. now with Mixon possibly back that's a big deal you mentioned now having Jamar Chase and T Higgins who played like a wide receiver one in Jamar Chase's absence and you see Burrow just making great decisions great ball placement out of him you see him back there surveying the field just waiting for his guys not to just get open but just holding on the ball a little bit longer to get even more open as we saw in that win over the titans so right now i think the Bengals are scary but they've got a really tough schedule ahead of themselves starting with this game which i cannot wait to see now you mentioned other games uh -huh. from week 13 that Don't we do need to, to circle on our calendar this is the dun, 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 the selva acosta ruiz bowl here <laughs> uh the dolphins and the 49ers 
Now, head coach Mike McDaniel saying left tackle Tron Armstead hasn't been ruled out. McDaniel mm. also indicating he feels uh, good that running back Raheem Mostert will play. And then on the yeah. other side for the Niners, Christian McCaffrey is dealing with knee irritation, but doesn't sound like it's something that should affect him playing He'll on be Sunday. out there. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, for listen. sure. There's no scenario if that's all it is that CMC is not going to be out there. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm I'm shook about this mm. game. This is going to be a tough one. You you know how I feel about the Niners, but yeah. let me be very very clear. The Dolphins are my team. Okay. Yeah. If there was any confusion, no, I'm a no, Miami no girl, secret. Secret that, yeah. Right, like this is yeah. my hometown team, but it's tough because I know this Niners team very well. I know what they're capable of. This defense, as much as we give the offense its well-deserved props, they have more pieces offensively that can really hurt you, I think, than than most teams in this league. But the Niners' defense is really, really what's scary. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, man, but we got a we got a track team on the other side in Miami. Tyreek Hill is no joke. Jalen Waddell is no joke. The backfield is no joke. A backfield, by the way, that knows this defense really, really well. You know what I do right. think it will come down to? Hmm. Coaching. Because Shani tends to be very good against the guys who were formerly on his staff. Yeah. And in his house? Oh, damn it. <laughs> well, Nobody talk of- to me. Nobody call me. Nobody <laughs> text me when Dolphins and 49ers is on. I'm unavailable. All do right. not disturb it's, it, I'm going to be a wreck. No I'm calls. Be a wreck. No text. No calls nothing. until after. No, t- uh, MIA, literally. Uh, but let us know if we need to send and, an, you know, uh, a, a team oh to go out there to make sure you're okay. You don't um, hear from me 15 minutes after triple uh, zeros, send in a team. Let's see. <laughs> Depends on the result. Well, well, so you brought up Shanahan and we talked about Mike McDaniel as well. These guys know each other. They have been with each other for 14 seasons when Shanahan was in Washington, in Atlanta, in Mm -hmm. San Francisco. So there's a lot of familiarity there. And I think the edge actually goes to McDaniel, in my opinion, just because he knows what that defense is all about. Now, what you're going to get from the Dolphins, a lot of motion, a lot of Mm -hmm. shifts. And I do think if they are without both of their offensive tackles, you're going to see a little bit more RPO mixed in. I think you're going to see Tua getting rid of that ball fast because he knows that Bosa is going to be bearing down on him. Oh, my God. Yes. The last time that the 49ers faced an explosive offense was against Kansas City. And Mahomes and company absolutely housed them. And the 49ers had no answer. So you hope that the 49ers defense will have learned from that experience. And right. yes, they've shut out opponents in the second half in four straight games. Could they do it? Yeah. But I think this is going to be a lot harder when you've got Waddle and Tyreek Hill on the outside. Man, just when you think people are getting a little bit tired towards the back end of the season. We're looking at the playoff pictures a little closer. That doesn't mean there's a shortage of chisme. <gasps> chisme. Oh, yes. Lots of chisme. If it chisme. was me, I would not be into this drama, but because we're just observers and we get to talk about this, I'm here for it, Will. Yeah, I'm let's here do for it. a little bit of chisme. I'm here for a little bit of drama. And let's start things off with, hey, Odell Beckham Jr., Nice to see and hear from you again as you kick off uh, a few visits. Little world tour for OBJ. I'm hearing Giants, Bills, Cowboys. Woo-hoo! I, I, I feel I feel like the team that needs him the most might be his former squad. What do you think? Uh, I just wish that he would be in the news cycle more. That's what my <laughs> hope would be. Uh, listen, I, I know what you're saying about the Giants. They would need somebody like him, but I think that the Giants need a lot. I think the injuries have finally taken its toll on the team. Mm -hmm. They've been scuffling of late and their margin of error is so small. I don't think that OBJ, well, I think he would make a difference. I don't think he is enough to, to offset some of the problems that they have. And he's not trying to go back to a rebuild situation. Like he wants to win now. He just got a championship ring with the Rams last year. 
he wants for to win sure. immediately. Yeah. Yes, yes, without a doubt. And then with the Bills, I know that Von Miller has been trying to recruit him. That seems to be a good situation for him. Mm-hmm. So I can see the Bills, MJ, and also I could see the Cowboys because Jarrah No bigger has been recruitment campaign than openly. Cowboys. Oh, yeah. No, openly flirting with yes. OBJ and saying the airplane incident is a nothing burger. I I see him fitting in there. That's where he makes a difference. He's another red zone target there. Mm-hmm. Again, the concern are his knees. Sure. You know, he's had two two knee surgeries. So we'll yeah. see how ready he is, but if I had a guess and I think you probably think the same thing, it's got to be the Cowboys, right? Yeah. Need versus reality are two very different things. And at the yes. end of the day, it's going to come down to a business decision. If you follow, mm-hmm. like which team is going to give this man the kind of contract that he not only requires, um, but merits uh, at this point in his career. You know, right. so that's going to be a But to your point with the Cowboys, that whole locker room has been recruiting him at this point. All the Twitter back and forth, him and Micah Parsons. Zeke has gotten into it in a postgame interview. I like it. I, I This is like a new era of, of recruiting. We see a little bit in the NBA, but like the, the NFL has really jumped in hard on, on the Twitter recruitment train, which I like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, totally. Um, I think for them... He'll make a big difference. And mm-hmm. to have somebody else other than C.D. Lamb getting mm-hmm. touchdowns, I think that's going to be big. Uh, there's also other big stories, though, MJ. Come on. <laughs> Hit me up. Come on. All right. All right. Fine. Let's talk about the Raiders a little bit. Because, you know, it's it's been a, a tumultuous road for this team this season. A lot of people scratching their heads. What's going on with Coach McDaniels? How do you have this much talent on your roster and you can't string together a little win streak going on we've seen them take really bad losses this year but my star of week 12 who gave me more than 48 fantasy points wow led me to another victory josh jacobs you know having his head coaches back he says nah it takes losing your captains to lose your locker room obviously a couple guys say things here and there but it's like you don't play that much so it doesn't matter But when you lose the guys, that's when you lose the locker room. And he definitely hasn't lost the guys yet. So sticking up for his head coach, it's essentially telling the media from what I deduced from this, it's not as dire as all of you think it is. I know we've taken some bad losses. There's been a lot of emotion, but coach is still doing his job. I, I, I don't I don't know what to, I, I like that. It's it's showing Josh's leadership, right? He's been on that team now several years. We've seen what he can do on the field, but his character in the locker room has been huge. And I think this is a good way to sort of like, hey, everybody calm down. Whatever mm-hmm. you're hearing, let me be the one to tell you that's not where we are. However, he did put the word yet at the end of that quote. Well, I did notice that he said that. I am. Uh, yeah. I am. Yeah, I know. I noticed that there's always yet. Um The fact that he's come out and he's defended Josh McDaniels, I think, is actually huge because we've seen visibly the frustration from guys like Derek Mm -hmm. Carr, who's at the verge of tears, who cares about this so much. They had that terrible loss to the Colts, and you wonder what direction they were going in. It felt like they were underutilizing Devontae Adams, but Mm -hmm. they strung together two in a row, none bigger than that win in Seattle against the Seahawks where Jacobs had that big walk-off run there at the end that got yeah. you your 48 points. I cannot, for your what a fantasy. game for him. Wow. <laughs> and, and what's what's fun about his story is that, remember, going into the season, he was playing in preseason games where it looks they like he, pick up his, his days. Yeah, they didn't pick up his option. And it looked like his days were numbered there mm. in the silver and black. Uh, so... You like to hear that they obviously invested a lot in Josh McDaniels, but the Raiders showing me a lot of fight. They're facing the Chargers, which is another big game for for both of those teams. Mm -hmm. The one thing about the Raiders, they're gritty, if nothing else, and they definitely don't back down from anything. Yeah, Um, yeah. We don't back down from cheese either, especially with other stories. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. 
That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. For the other side of the coin here, we have a lot of emotion in this Raiders locker room. Uh-huh. Almost apathy from the Cardinals QB until this week because Kyler Murray clapping back, clapping back at current Vikings Patrick Peterson, who had criticized Murray on his podcast saying, quote, Kyler Murray don't care about nobody but Kyler Murray. Ooh. If you guys didn't see this tweet, this tweet rather. Murray said, this isn't true. You're on some weird-ish. You have my number if you really felt like this as a big bro or mentor. And that mm-hmm. is in quotes. You're supposed to call me and tell me, not drag me so your podcast can grow. Now, he, he's not he's not wrong. Mm-hmm. Tyler's not wrong. If he really didn't hear anything, then suddenly just all pops up on, on, on a podcast. But there's just so... There's so many layers to this Cardinals story, right? With Kyler mm-hmm. Murray specifically, we hear the rumblings that he's not a locker room guy. We we there's been questions about not just his aptitude, but just his want to play in the NFL, save for the mega contract that he got at the beginning of the season. They put a clause in there that he had to do film. I mean, it, it's never ending. It's never ending around this guy. So I'm, I actually was a little surprised to see that he clapped back at somebody. You said you liked it. Una chispa from Kyle. Yeah. Yeah, I did like it because that's the one thing that I think we wanted to see. And I say we, yeah. people like me that just want to see some fire, some emotion out of him because it feels like this season yeah. he's done it. He's been yelling at Cliff Kingsbury on the sideline. He has now clapped back to Patrick Peterson, and he mentions that the mentor role or big bro role that Patrick Peterson had, like, I I respect that he defended himself, but also it's like, so why did Patrick Peterson choose to veer off in another direction? Because he was talking about Cliff Kingsbury and maybe his days being numbered, and then all of a sudden kind of takes a shot at Kyler. Now, Patrick Peterson is a guy who is well-respected around the league, well-respected mm-hmm. in the locker rooms that he's been in. Yeah. Now, his time with the Cardinals did not end well. I mean, it was a very messy ending yeah. there in Arizona. So I just kind of wonder why he just would veer on to to uh, attack Kyler. That That's that's where I was, I, I, I was at, like, wait, why? Why? Because and then I there's was always more, Will. There's there always is. more to the story. There, there always is. And so that's why I was waiting for like the follow-up too of, okay, mm-hmm. why do you say that? What's your point by that? And so yeah. on Twitter, DeAndre Hopkins then responded with a quote, essentially, you know, supporting his quarterback as he should. But I want to hear more from other guys like Buda Baker, who we've seen in uh, hard knocks in season, be very outspoken, very Very. emotional. Mm -hmm. I want to hear from JJ Watt. He's a leader. He's vocal. He's in guys' faces. Is he going to jump into the fray with this thing or is he going to stay away from it? I don't think JJ will. You don't think so at all? Maybe to worry about. There's a lot going on. Here's the thing. And we work very closely with legends of the game. Mm-hmm. And anytime something like this pops up, especially, you know, this is a new era now with all of social media and everybody airing things out. They always say, keep family business in-house. And right. we see we see more and more people airing stuff out all over social media. And that doesn't sit right with a lot of people. I wouldn't want it to. But once you break that seal and once you're tweeting about things and once you're you're snapping back at people, there's no turning back from that because now you've let the world in on what's going on. You've given us a peek behind the veil that, by the way, we didn't ask for this. Y'all are putting this out there. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it just shows a little bit, you know, when you're a kid, they tell you to clean up your room. I, I'm guilty of this. Um, 
my mom used to tell me clean up your room. I hadn't cleaned it up yet. I just throw everything under the bed. I think that's why I'm so maniacal. Are you still doing about, that though? No, I'm I'm the opposite now. I'm so maniac. I got in <laughs> such big freak? trouble. Yes, I got in such big trouble for doing that that <laughs> overcorrection. Now I'm like annoyed as my husband. Everything has a home. Everything has to go in its place. But the point was, you can't. You don't want people to see the mess. You try to hide the mess. Right now, it's out there. Mm-hmm. Ever so slight, but it's out there. Um, and and that's that's a little hard to recover from. And and you start to lose lose people in that sense, whether in the locker room or outside. Yeah, and and I feel like from the start we were talking about Kyler's uh, uh, homework clause, and then you know he gets on the sideline and he's he's in shouting matches uh mm. and then that's not the says, way either bro like right right but then but then like he essentially said the scheme is is crap is what he's saying about the offense of so taking a shot at cliff kingsbury and now this is all unfolding very publicly not just on twitter yeah. but also on hbo so mm-hmm. i have to say when it comes to my viewing now the two things i look forward to from hbo is hard knocks arizona cardinals in season and the white lotus yes i'm all in on the white lotus i I am finally in on it it took me a little bit because i like season one weird (laughs) but i watch totally weird because i didn't (laughs) know how to describe it to people because they're in this beautiful setting of sicily and then you have these these couples these people that come on vacation and they bring the dysfunction with them mm. and mm-hmm. then it starts to get wild and then you start to second guess different things so yep. i'm anticipating the next hard knocks and the next white lotus like yeah. i'm, yeah. I'm no, ready for it much. i'm here it's... for it we are in full mid-season form beefy beefy topics today so let's get yep. a little rapid fire going well let's start with yep. buy or selva these are good ladies and gentlemen it's time for buy or selva these are good because yes. i love that you pinpointed titans eagles they play at 1 p.m on box this week mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. derrick henry will have more rushing yards than the eagles collectively is what you're saying here uh buy or I- selva <laughs> I am going to buy on this. Now, Henry is the Ooh. only player with over 2,000 yards or 20 touchdowns on mm-hmm. the ground in December since he entered the league. He also can handle the cold 118.7 <laughs> career rush yards per game on the road in December or later is the wow. highest since 1950. And he's facing a run defense that's very vulnerable. They may mm-hmm. or may not get Jordan Davis, but they have been vulnerable not only with the run, but the middle of the field. So I am going to buy on this one here. He's going to get more yards than Jalen Hurts and all those running backs. Yeah, I mean, Jalen Hurts can be putting up 157 yards on the ground every game. Can he? No, we'll no. We'll see. I no. agree with you, Will. <laughs> all right, let's look go good, to Derek. Right. Uh, <laughs> Jets at Vikings. Ooh, this is 1 p.m. on CBS uh, Eastern. I love this matchup. By yes. Orselva, Sauce Gardner will give up a touchdown to Justin Jefferson. Okay. So with this one, I gave it uh, some uh, some thought, some deliberation. Mm-hmm, Jefferson mm-hmm. just named the NFC Offensive Player of the Month. But Sauce Gardner has been the total package when it comes to a shutdown corner. He's taken care of business against Jamar Chase, Stephon Diggs. He's done it against Tyreek Hill. And a few weeks ago, I actually thought that Stephon Diggs would have his way against Sauce Gardner, against the rookie. Well, I am going to correct this wrong right now and i'm gonna say selva on this south gardner will not give up a touchdown to justin jefferson and what we've seen from justin jefferson in the games that the vikings have lost big i'm talking about those games against the eagles for example where Mm -hmm. they just got handled as well i think that I think it's Sauce's time and Justin Jefferson in those big, big moments has disappeared. I know he was big against the Bills, but I'm just saying in those big losses that they've had, Justin Jefferson has been a non-factor. I think Sauce Gardner is going to get the upper hand here. These are the games that players like Sauce in the secondary circle, highlight, underscore, italics, 
all of the mm-hmm. things, especially when you have a man like Justin Jefferson, who is one of the best, if not the best, at wideout in the league. Ooh, I love it. That leads us perfectly because both of these guys embody what we know to be a perro macho. Perro macho. My first perro macho is Brian Robinson. Yeah. Brian Robinson Ooh. has brought Obscure. this toughness this mm-hmm. physicality to the running game him and antonio gibson have been a great complement to each other i think with tyler heineke they're also bringing Hi-ney. that swag that bravado they're winning and on the defensive end that d line has been bringing it and i just think that brian robinson's story I mean, he's, again, somebody who has recovered from multiple gunshot wounds from an attempted carjack. Totally insane. Coming off a 105-yard rushing game. I just think that he runs hard. He runs angry. He was in line for the angry run scepter. Didn't get it. That's (laughs) Kyle Brandt's purview, not mine. Uh, But I, I think that has made the commander's the the playoff contending team that they're on or that they are now and they're going to be facing the giants and what's going to be a huge divisional matchup that the giants have to get but they as we mentioned before have been scuffling look at this look at this division look how it's played out this year i love you nfc's thank you for that all right let's head west where your other perro macho lies Mm -hmm. Yes, he is a member of the Silver and Black, and he likes to have not one X, but two X's. Max Crosby of the Raiders. This guy gets after it. He's fourth in the league in sacks, first in tackles for a loss, fourth in QB hits. He was so instrumental in that win in Seattle. And while Josh Jacobs was the one that made headlines, It was Max Crosby who actually was making the news. He was coming up with sack after sack in critical third down situations. And he does not get enough love because of the Raiders record, but he deserves to be in the defensive player of the year conversation. And now he's got Justin Herbert in his sights. So Justin, look out, keep your head on a swivel, but here comes Mad Max. And he's bearing down on you with not one X, but two X's, baby. Mad Max has been such a treat to cover and to watch from the moment he entered the league, was part of that huge draft class with the Raiders when they were still in Oakland, when Mayock was still the GM. I mean, mm-hmm. this this is a guy who has right. worked hard to get to this position. Love to see it. So happy for him. Uh, Mad Max, double-digit sacks on the year already. Killing it out there. Yes, he is. And he's looking for more. And you know what we're always looking for for more of? Something that just gives us this feeling, something that can't be replaced. You can't bottle it up. It's what we like to call Platano Power. Platano Power. <laughs> Give Listen, it to my, me. my parents will be here in just over three weeks. I can already taste um a platano dish we call mangu that mm-hmm. my dad is the king Mentioned of that. making yeah. oh so close so close i'm gonna have the rollover calories just saved up for <sighs> that mangu plate um but this is somebody who i've been watching uh very closely all season he was my platano power before going to the mexico city game but i didn't get to give him some love how impressed am i with talanoa hufunga so yes. impressed that I am giving him the Platano Power honor the week he is playing my hometown team. Are you kidding me? This man flies around the field. He makes big plays, especially when he needs it. He has been a stronghold um, for the secondary for this 49ers team. I think he's somebody who doesn't get enough love. I know that uh, Jason gave him some love on GMFB the other day, which I was really, yeah. really happy to see. I was like, yes, McCordy, you and me right here. We're mm-hmm. here, bro. We're on the same wavelength. But he has been getting all the helpings of Platano and all the side dishes that go with it. Very excited to see what he's doing. Just, you know, maybe, maybe just have one helping this week against the Dolphins. Just <laughs> make it easy a little bit. I don't know. He's, he's going to do that. 
I doubt he's going to do that, but it'll be interesting to see how he matches up with the speed um, that the Dolphins have as well. So have loved watching him so far. He's one of those guys that I mentioned earlier. I'm so nervous about in this um, 49ers defense. Now he's a ball hawk and he likes to tackle and he likes to get after it. So mm-hmm. that's a great call, but he's going to have his hands full with those yep. weapons on the Dolphins offense. On the other side of things, uh, let's go on the offensive side of the ball because coming up next on L Huddle, Mark Sanchez is joining the what? podcast. What? Our buddy. Serious? He's coming up in just a couple minutes. Yes. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Ten-year NFL veteran and game analyst for the NFL on Fox, Mark Sanchez joins us on the L Huddle podcast. (laughs) Mark, great having you on, my friend. Uh, We actually had you on Good Morning Football, and you were fresh off the broadcast boot camp. And now look at you. You're in there (laughs) with Kugler doing your thing in the booth. And it was funny listening to you guys entertaining listen for sure hearing you guys you were actually trying to help him learn some words like skirt skirt from the (laughs) urban dictionary (laughs) in the broadcast so have you been teaching him stuff and he's finally like getting up to date with everything where where do we stand with all this stuff? i don't even know what that means for the record (laughs) i think professionally kevin kugler's back is probably getting tired from carrying me (laughs) <laughs> but socially and uh, with all the colloquialisms and uh, all these funky things that I think I know that young kids say, I'm getting tired of carrying him. You know, I got to help him out <laughs> and bring him along and, uh, you know, get him down with the lingo. So, you know, we can't be any squares in the booth. We got to be a little bit of both, right? It's like this song and dance all the way through. And, um, you know, you got to be relevant to uh, to a big, big audience. And, um you know, you got to you got to keep the kids in involved, you know, so they're not just staring at their phones, looking at memes. And you got to keep the uh, the old <laughs> folks in it, too. You know, like my parents who are like, hey, just stick to football and shut up. Right. And, uh, you know, right. so right. it's uh, you have to it's fun. you have it's, to engage really the youths, it. engage the youths. The youths. And that's <laughs> the youths. What it's is very a hard youth? to do some right. What's a youth? <laughs> um, all right, Mark. So let's jump right in here because, you know, we we. We have to ask you about the Jets quarterback situation right now. Sure. Personally, I I really commend Robert Sala uh, for sort of taking the reins as the head coach of that team and making a decision that's not an easy one to make uh, to bench your your starting quarterback, your the guy you drafted high in the first right, round, right. Um, and have White Lightning out there now, Mike White. But I, I do feel like it was a situation where it was either make a very tough decision or lose the locker room potentially the rest of the season because Zach Wilson was just not playing at the expectation or at the level that people thought that he would be playing at this point in his career. How do you think Coach Sala handled that situation? And and what would you do in Zach's shoes and in Mike White's shoes for that matter? You know, it's, ooh, this is a tough one because I, yeah. I personally understand that market and playing mm-hmm. that position there means so much more than just your performance on the field. But if you take the emotion out of it and you look at just the performance from year one to year two, you want to see a jump in your play. Some Something tangible that you can say, hey, look, his completion percentage has jumped by a couple percent. Uh, you know, his, um, his, his yards per attempt or whatever, you know, his run checks, the way he's grading out every game. There's something there, right? And right now we hadn't seen that with Zach. The bigger issue became the press conference after the game. And then it was like, okay, if you're not going to acknowledge that you're playing poorly, we need to go back to square one and and start over in some ways with, with the maturity level of stuff and, and how you're going to own this position and handle it moving forward. 
Now, I think Robert Sala did an excellent job of, you know, pulling that back, protecting the team, protecting the organization, and in a lot of ways, protecting himself. Uh, mm -hmm. Because if he would have just let that roll, and Zach's our starter, no matter what, and he can kind of do whatever, and he's above right. the rules, let's say, or if he's not going to own it, then it's okay for him, but everybody else has to own their performance. Well, then he's going to lose the locker room and potentially lose his job, and then that's it, right? Yeah. Now, the tricky part, he's, I mean, my man's like on a tightrope wire across Niagara Falls <laughs> right <laughs> now, right? Yeah. Because it's, um, it's like, okay, what do you do now, right? Yeah. Now Mike White went out and balled. Granted, they were playing the Bears, not the best defense in yes. the league, fine. But he played well. And there's a little bit of juice there, and they're they're rolling. So what do you do with Zach now? How do you keep him engaged? How do you keep him involved? And that's where that tightrope walk is going. And so I think he's done an excellent job, Coach Sala, in handling the media. It's just, you know, he's he's living in this area of gray. Right. Like, well, what's the deal with Zach? Because in New York, it's black or white. It's, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. feast or famine. You're the hero or you're a goat, like the old connotation of goat, not the greatest of all time. Like <laughs> right. you're, you're right. out. Right. Yes. There's no eight and eight or nine and eight, eight, and nine season. It's yeah. either best or worst, very superlative market. So, um, you know, he's <laughs> he's feeling it. He's um, he's understanding what that market's all about. But I'm proud of him for for sticking to his gun, standing his ground. And, you know, handling it the way he saw fit. And sometimes in a vacuum, it sounds right. And then you try and, you know, convince everybody else about it in that market. And it just, you know, all hell breaks loose. So I've been a part of that too. And, um, you know, I, I really think he's done an excellent job of, of being the man, being steady and holding people accountable and um, steady on the boat, man. That's not an easy position to be in, but he's got that team position for the playoffs. So nobody's going to argue if, if they make it. Well, how do you think this is going to affect Zach Wilson long-term and his development? Well, it's, that's the tricky part, right? Is mm -hmm. That's one of the layers of this onion is he's, he's got to take this as a learning opportunity. And he's, you know, he's sitting there with egg on his face in one of the worst markets to feel that way, right? And he's got to eat mm -hmm. a little bit of crow. He had to apologize to his teammates. You know, he's, he's kind of in this, oh, woe is me kind of deal. But at the same time, for Zach, he can't lose his stinger. He can't lose who he is. He has to acknowledge it. The most important thing is acknowledge it, learn from it, and then move the heck on. Understanding that people are still going to try and bring that up. So you better have a plan yeah. for that. You better have a plan in your head. You know, if you're, uh, I mean, this is a terrible decision, but like, you know, if you're, if you're waiting till you're in the back seat. And it's getting all hot and sweaty with your girlfriend in high school. And then you're going to make a decision, like a great decision probably a little too late, right? Like you might want to have a game plan before that because there's a good right. chance to make a bad decision. You know what I'm saying? So like yeah, yeah. he has to get to that position in his brain now because people are going to bring it up. Somebody from another team is going to bring it up. Like, oh, little boy got benched. Oh, you can't handle the big league. I, I mean, right. those are just examples. I'm sure it's going to be way mm -hmm. worse than that. So he's going to have to get to a place mentally. And maybe this is what Coach Sala was alluding to, that he can learn from this, acknowledge it, learn from it, and then most importantly, move on and improve. Listen, adversity builds character. And I think right 100%. off the gate, immediately, Zach Wilson said, you know what, this is, uh, he, he took that slice of humble pie and even added a little a la mode on top of that. So I oh, commend yeah. him for mm -hmm. that, for sort of course correcting pretty quickly. And everybody loves a comeback story. So now that's the next chapter for him, I think, to show how he he rises and evolves from all of this. Um, speaking of evolution, you have had such uh, a, an interesting broadcaster experience already. Mm -hmm. Now that you're on our side of things, on the football mm -hmm. side, first 12 weeks of the season have been wild to say the least. What's been your favorite moment watching from the booth? Um, I think some of the games that you don't realize uh, are going to be so competitive. I think mm -hmm. uh, the two London games really come to mind. And yep. for me, I was so excited to do those games. And we got to stay out there for two weeks. My fiance came, my son came. He was out there for like eight or nine of the days. He's like missing school, sending his buddies pictures <laughs> back home, like, you know, nice. by the London eye and, you know, cool all this kind of stuff. Like it was <laughs> such a cool experience. And yeah. the fans were incredible. The games were incredible. The first mm -hmm. one with, um, with 
uh, the Saints and Vikings, mm-hmm. the double doink at the end. Like, I, I couldn't I believe it. I was, yeah. you know, Kevin and I were, I, I'm like, I wish there was a camera in the booth. I mean, there is. I, hopefully they don't <laughs> release all the footage. But I'm like pushing <laughs> Kevin next to me and hitting my cough button and mute button and talk back button to make sure I'm not on there. And I'm like, dude, are you freaking kidding me? Are you freaking kidding me? Like, this is the best game we've ever had, you know? And then you get Aaron Rodgers trying to make a comeback ends up hurting his thumb on that like last play on the Hail Mary or whatever. Turns out. Yeah. Um, yeah, it turns out that had, you know, a ripple effect and this lingering effect through the rest of the season. But what an incredible experience for us and our crew. I thought Laura Oakman did an excellent job. We had Jamie Erdahl. She's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, all, all three of those gals are yeah. just incredible. And it was, it was so fun just seeing the players in that kind of environment, seeing Kevin O'Connell, a former teammate of mine, get a huge win on the road. And and when you have those big road victories, it's one thing to do it stateside, but to know you got that long flight back, it was right. so interesting to watch the two sidelines. And it really is a tale of two yeah. sidelines. One of them is just like, ah, the anguish and despair. And like, you know, you're just so mm-hmm. frustrated. And then the other side, this complete elation and, you know, they're on completely on cloud nine Nirvana kind of feeling. And you, you could mm-hmm. tell those plane rides would be drastically different on the way home. But I really enjoyed those two games. Now, one of those five games featured a former teammate of yours in New York in Geno Smith. Talk yep. about a surprise for a lot of people. How do you think that he's developed into the quarterback that we're seeing right now? Well, it's it's incredible. And uh, MJ just mentioned, you know, people love a comeback story. Mm-hmm. And this kid was in uh, New York my last year there. So, uh, you know, I saw him coming to the to the building with, you know, almost like pajama bottoms and slippers. And, you know, I'm kind of asking <laughs> myself, like, does this guy like love this? You know, does he like love it? You know, because if you're going to mm. do it, one, you're probably a little messed up in the head to <laughs> go play this game. But two, like you got to love it when it sucks, when training camp right. is terrible and it's hot and it's sweaty mm-hmm. and nobody wants to practice and you're tired of practicing against your own team like that's when you have to come alive and become yeah. this heartbeat of the team that's like boys this is it turn it on for me can you move yeah. these guys to be bigger than themselves can you fake it yourself to make other guys you know rally and when i first met him i i told him to his face so it's not like i'm airing out dirty laundry i was just like bro i, I don't know if this is for you like i don't mm. i don't you see it. like him. i didn't i didn't yeah. see that like juice like that fire and i don't know i just had had doubts about it if somebody told me back then and i said this to him on our zoom before our games we had him back to back games against the chargers and giants and i was just like dude i i'd never in a million years if somebody told me back then that you'd still be playing and now be starting and having the stat line and year that you're having I would have bet the entire farm that that is incorrect. Wait, what did he say to you? Nothing. He just kind of laughed. And I was like, (laughs) what is the the deal? Like, what happened? What changed? Because you are not the same person. The way you're talking to me right now, Mm -hmm. the way I see you play, the way you're processing information, the way you're running this offense, this is not the guy I saw that came in. And I know guys go from rookie to second, third, fourth year guys, and they, they become better. But I just didn't know you even had that. I said, you look different physically. You sound different. Uh, emotionally, you're much more mature. Uh, and he said, dude, it's, it's time. He said, I had all the time in the world. He said, I've been in the weight room and I've been in the film room and I got to watch some amazing players. He's like, I got to be behind Philip Rivers, got to uh, see Eli Manning. I got to see Russell yep. Wilson. He's like, I got to see some great players at this position in this sport really do it and he's like i just started picking things off of them just gleaning from them like that what do they do what makes them successful why is philip wired this way and it was it was just incredible to see his transformation and you know i said on the broadcast i said this is total makeover quarterback edition this is insane and i was so happy for him because you know he deserves all the success in the world if you're gonna put that much time into it sacrifice that much of your life and really give it up for it like you deserve what he's getting now And, and it's it's proof We'd love to see it from Gino, especially because no one expected this. No, Um, no, But I I bet you that he did maybe in the back of his mind, which I like. Um, Before we let you go here, Mark, uh, wanted to hit you one more time since you brought up the international flair. Just got back from the Mexico game, of course, which was incredible. You know how much the fans there love you. Obviously, you have a direct tie here to this fan base. I know you're a big fan of Pumas, who I used to cover in Liga MX. (laughs) Cachu, cachu, ra, ra. 
Yay, so back when I was um, covering uh, Liga MX <laughs> with um, Telemundo there. But the atmosphere in Mexico City at that game was like nothing I have ever witnessed in my life. So I'm sure you can speak to just the passion of the, not just the Mexican fan base, but the Latino yeah. fan base um, for this. Of course. Game. And it's, uh, you know, I have a unique experience with that being um, from Southern California, uh, 100% Mexican, Hispanic, mm -hmm. and seeing for the first time, uh, you know, I grew up in Orange County, so we grew up much more white and American. Like, we didn't speak right. Spanish in the house. My parents yeah. did, but I didn't really speak a ton. I knew words, phrases here and there. But it wasn't until I got to USC and experienced the, you know, luchador mascaras with like number six the usc right. interlock people like shirt off with the mexican flag on their chest and like a sanchez on the back like that was the first time other than tamales at christmas that i was like oh my god this is a big deal then the mexican flag mouthpiece from our doctor our team doctor um our team dentist dr rojas like then it became like this huge deal and i realized what kind of support and fan base there really was win lose or draw they're the most loyal people like in the world yeah. and they right. love 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 their athletes and whether it's soccer or football it's incredible the the kind of ovation you get the kind of respect they have for for how much work you put into it and the kind of passion and energy that they can fill a stadium with it's unrivaled yeah. i mean around the entire world it is so special uh i'm i'm so fortunate to have that loyal fan base personally and then for other guys to experience it i thought it was so funny we had the game for the 49ers after um, they played the Cardinals in Mexico City, this most recent one. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I'm at 49ers practice and I hear Jimmy G screaming over to Kittle and he goes, Jorge, oh God. Jorge. <laughs> and after he came back from Mexico, he only goes by Jorge, George Kittle. It's awesome. And he responded right away, you know, like a dog whistling at him, like you're whistling at oh your my dog. God. It was so funny. And I said, what's the deal with that? He goes, oh, bro, he's, He's all in. He had so much fun at that Mexico game. Like, yeah. he is now Jorge. You can't I tell Kittle that. he's not Mexican now. Exactly. He's, he's been oh, yeah. exactly. He's part. initiated in. It. He's in there now. He's he honorary. calls Jimmy Himi. We'll give it to him. For sure. Himi Garoppolo. But, I mean, Himi can't tell you. <laughs> yeah, Himi right. Can't tell you how much the fans over there uh, love the 49ers and love those guys. But you're right. Um, really the, cool. the passion and the love is unrivaled. We've talked about it here on the podcast before. Angela Johnson, who was on here, um, and I love that you brought that up. Even though you didn't grow up speaking Spanish, that doesn't take away your background, doesn't take away your heritage, your family history, and your love um, for the culture. Um, so I think uh, uh, there's there's a big wave of that, especially within, like, I like to call the older millennial um, yeah, so generation. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. And I think there's, like, this whole bounce back, right? Because you got to understand, mm -hmm. like, my parents, when they grew up, the, the nuclear four-person you know person household speaking english and being very american mm -hmm. you know pre-cold war cold war post-world war ii cold war era it was so important to be american and american yeah. meant speaking english and that's it. americanized now we've, right yeah. yeah like americanized and now we've kind of the tides kind of switched right and it's more important to really celebrate where you're from to recognize who we are as a people and where we've come from and what we can create together and so like my kids in a dual immersion Spanish program, I'd learned Spanish, you know, probably six years in the league when I was mm -hmm. tra transitioning from uh, New York to Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it's become more and more important and seeing the different opportunities that I've had and then sometimes kicking myself like, dang, dude, like I felt like Richie Valens in La Bamba. Like I couldn't even speak Spanish when Seve <laughs> oh. Azteca was like, oye, Marcos, que pasó en el partido? And I was just like, you know, <laughs> no speaker. Yeah. No speaker. You know, like, yeah. Ahora tú hablas el español. The great part is, Mark, is, is also remembering that all of that is also part of the tapestry of what makes America, too. So 100%. the two are not mutually exclusive. That's right. They never Agreed. have been, but Agreed. at least we're, we're leaning into that a lot more um, within well the said. community. So thank you for that. Well, you know, and what's interesting is like, I'm Will. She's MJ, you're Mark, right? And we are all Latinos, right? right? right. And if you look at us, you're like, whoa, wait a second. Uh, are they or aren't they? And it just goes to show you we are, as MJ mentioned, it's it's a kaleidoscope of, of colors, sizes, differences, and it's all one. And it's really cool that you take that as a 
connection that's deepened for you, Mark, where people now see you as this Fox broadcaster and it's like, oh, mira, ya está este Latino, Mark Sanchez. Really I mean, cool. that's that, that that's something, right? I mean, that that's what I know. My that mom is totally uh, proud of that fact. Yep. It's really cool. Mark, it's thank really you cool. so, so much for coming on with us on El Jaro. So much pride having you here with us. Keep doing what you're doing and we will see how much more, um, I guess, urbanisms or youthisms you teach yeah. your you gotta teach them yeet. Teach we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> don't get yeeted <laughs> yeah, there, you go. there you go you're on it awesome Thanks, appreciate Mark. you guys we'll talk to you soon mj how great was it to have mark sanchez come in give us his perspective insight yeah. into what's happening in new york with zach wilson what's happening in seattle with geno smith and also just touching upon how he feels about being a Latino, being a Hispanic, and really connecting with it more than ever. Yeah. And it's really fun. It's really inspiring. It's really cool to see that he said, hey, this is who I am. This is my background. I'm going to dive in head first, learn the language my kids the dual immersion i mean that's really getting in there right <laughs> yeah i think the biggest thing i gleaned from from our conversation with mark is that you can sometimes even just existing in these spaces as somebody who comes from from a latino background um is enough to make a huge impact right because mm -hmm. you don't have to you know tattoo it on your chest or carry around your flag or only speak Spanish to portray the fact that you are part of the community and that you love the culture and that you are representative of that. So um, I think more and more people are realizing that we don't have to be caricatures of ourselves or fall into all these stereotypes to really make an impact for the community and to show that representation. And Mark so so um, eloquently said that um, just in sharing his background, I don't think he even realized that that's what he was portraying, but um, mm -hmm. it's important. Um, especially for the younger generation of folks who may not grow up um, with the same things that you and I did, for example, Will, yeah. to know that it doesn't take away their quote unquote Latinidad, whatever that even means, um, but mm -hmm. to just lean into the culture for what it represents to them. So those are the conversations that I love to have on here while we're just living our lives and loving the game of football. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to put a little bow here on the podcast with E Punto. And for me, E Punto is the fact that week 13 has so many compelling <laughs> matchups across the board that I cannot wait to see how it's all going to play out. Playoff positions, mm -hmm. uh, players facing their former teams, uh, teams that are just dynamic with their offenses Ipunto, week 13 give me more please i can't wait for us next week to talk about it um uh, i think for me Ipunto is and you touched on it a bit the playoff picture this is the time of mm -hmm. the year where it yep. really starts to get into focus where these games down the stretch count and they count for a lot not just playoff seating but from the type of run that we can see a lot of these teams make i mean for the love of god look at the 49ers they're the three seed in the nfc i mean at the beginning of the season a lot of people thought well maybe they won't even make maybe a playoff push but every single week this league shifts more and more and nfc east Take a bow. Every single one of you in the playoff picture mm -hmm. right now, unbelievable. This is a, a, a division that we were calling the NFC least just right. last year, if you recall. Um, so I love a glow up. Uh, I love a transition. <laughs> and don't count people out until the end. I'm talking to you, Cincinnati. I see you. Yeah. I see you. I was getting some slack from Bengals fans last week because I said, well, how is it an upset that the Titans could beat them? I wasn't saying anything bad about the Bengals for the love of God, they were just in the Super Bowl. I'm just saying that MJ, these MJ. teams are playing MJ. each other tough. So mm -hmm. you can never, ever sleep on anybody. E no. E punto. I like it. I think we'll end it just like that. Please make sure you subscribe, download, and rate on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you next week on El Huddle. Imaginate tu Eo. It's in my I'm head. I can't get rid of it. Ah. We have to listen to it now. Yes, we do. All right. Yeah. Adios, prima. See ya. See ya.
Fan Huddle is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.